Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Footy Bros Premier League podcast. My name is Brandon. I'm your host. And alongside me, we've got Chase. What up, guys? So we're going to talk about, in this series, we're going to talk about, first we're going to analyze uh, games from the previous week. We're going to talk about some talking points from those games, um, some goods and bads, pros and cons, players that are doing well, not performing as well as you would expect. And we're also going to touch base a little bit on Fantasy Premier League, for those of you that uh, play that or, in, or into that. And then in addition to that, we're also going to uh, touch base on the games for the upcoming week. In this podcast, we're not going to do that just because of the international break, so we'll preview those games in the next episode. Um, in this episode, we'll also feature some talking points from the Champions League draw and talk about the teams in the Premier League that are going to be playing in the Champions League and those teams that are potentially in the easiest groups and then maybe the tougher groups and also some t- some talking points about Cristiano Ronaldo returning to Old Trafford and Paul Pogba going back to the old lady in Turin. So we'll get started with the games from this previous game week four, Liverpool versus Leicester. It was ugly for Liverpool, but they did get the win. Uh, 2-1 in the end. Very dominant display in the first 20 to 25 minutes. And then Leicester in the second half really turned it on and put Liverpool on the back foot oftentimes. And the big talking point from that game is the goalkeeper, Allison, with that mistake. <laughs> what a guy. What a player. He, for all the money they paid for him, the, the the big talking point a lot of people are saying already is, you know, it's a waste of money, 70, 80 million. But you can't, I don't, I don't think personally, the season's going to be defined in one mistake. I mean, oh, no. Uh, you saw last week, he made that beautiful play when he chipped it right over the, I don't even remember what, player that was ran right at me chipped it right over him. against Brighton yep and you you kind of expect these things to happen but you also expect him to get stolen the ball to get stolen from him every once in a while these things are going to happen especially if you have a goalkeeper comfortable playing out of the back he's not he's not Italy anymore no. he's in England and I think he has to realize that it was funny after the game because he made comments that you know expect this from me kind of per se you know this is how I am as a player. And then he kind of later said, oh, okay, I- I'm sorry. I-, I clearly won't make this type of mistake again. So I, I think he kind of thought it through. He- he's a confident player, but you don't want to get cocky in this league. Oh, no, especially with the physicality that these guys are going to give him because Ian Nacho is no big striker, but he went up to him and pushed him right off the ball pretty easily and dribbled it right into the box. Did and you did you see Allison claim that he he fouled him? I, he, he tried I saw to Allison do- laying on the ground after <laughs> yeah. He, he tried to to uh, defend himself a little bit, but I think it. I think he knows what really happened, and it, it was just it was just a mental error. Yeah, that's that. It'll get fixed with time, definitely. He'll he'll learn not to do that in certain situations. Right. He's comfortable with his feet, but don't be too comfortable with your feet. Right, and you know, nine times out of ten, you, you get that back pass. You're hoofing it. You're clearing it. You know, that's to be the first thing you do, regardless of the, the skill that you know you have with your feet. You, sometimes you just got to live to see another day, clear it. Mm. And that's clearly what it should have done there. But luckily, um, as a Liverpool fan who was getting very uh, anxious and frustrated because I was thinking of the possibility that we were going to drop points because of that, <laughs> um, luckily it didn't happen. So, we, you know, we take the win, we move on. He doesn't make those mistakes, hopefully, in the future. And uh, top of the league, you can't really complain there. So, mm, no. Now, one thing I, I want to ask you about, how, how you feel about Liverpool as far as, you know, it's four games, but do they have the pieces to really mount a serious title challenge for the first time in you know, uh, 
I personally think they do have the pieces, but it all come down to that mental part of the game. Just with Allison, like that is a mental error. You should not be making that. Yeah, it didn't cost them points, but in the long run, it will. City will not put up with that. I know they beat City last year, but this year they are not going to put up with that. They're not going to let a goalie chip the ball over them oh, I agree. and then go around and do Rabonas and shit. Yeah, because the thing is with a team like City, too, is uh, the, any of those attacking type of teams that play Liverpool's game, they will consistently press oh. and they'll pressure like that. Allison won't have the time they'll, to sit there and they'll let Allison get the ball and dribble it for a good two seconds. Right. And then they got three guys running directly at him. Exactly. So he's going to learn pretty quickly that the pace of the Premier League is going to just be He's too not playing for... Sampdoria every weekend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. So, yeah, I agree. I think I think Liverpool have, have really spent, invested wisely this summer to really mount a challenge. It is very early, four games in clearly. They haven't faced a huge test yet. Now, September... The upcoming uh, fixtures this month look very serious for Liverpool, including a trip away to Spurs. And their next fixture will kind of... Juicy. Yeah, that should be a good uh, attacking, open-minded uh, game right from the start. So that'll be fun to watch. But that'll really this this month, I believe, will really test Liverpool's title credentials. You, you know, saw their mental strength in that last game with Leicester coming out in the second half, scoring that goal, yep. and then they just pressured them, pressured them, pressured them. I'm sure... A lot of people, me as a neutral, I thought Leicester was going to get an equalizer sooner or later. Oh, absolutely. I, I could see it coming. They were playing Liverpool's game. They were first yeah. to second balls. They were pressuring them. They were forcing them to make mistakes. It was really, from a, from a even from a Liverpool's uh, standpoint as a fan, I thought it was great to see that Liverpool faced that test of someone else playing their game and beating them at their own game. Yeah. They, they need to see what that's like from the other side. I think... Uh, they they can learn a lot from this game, and you know take that going forward because yeah, Leicester was very very on top in the second that, half. That second half, Liverpool was in their own box probably twenty minutes of that second half, and yeah. Leicester was pushed forward. Chilwell was in the box as a left back basically the whole second half of that second half. Yeah, Liverpool was very very pushed back, so it's very interesting to see how they will continue going forward. But they they do look great. It's a great start, first time. Uh, winning four games on the spin in the Premier League since 1990. So, who really? Let's, uh, yeah, don't, I don't want to get my hopes up or anything, but uh, no, it's a great start. Uh, but we definitely need to get through this month and see how they do with these, uh, you know, the big six, these games they have against these, these bigger teams. So, I think a good thing about Liverpool is they're figuring out more ways to play other than directly through Salah. Yeah, I agree. They're definitely much more balanced. Um, I was, it was interesting because. Uh, ESPN FC on their segment was talking about how the Liverpool play isn't necessarily as, I guess, entertaining per se, the Liverpool way that we're used to seeing, but they're not out there to do that. They're out there to whatever it takes to, to win the game over the 90 minutes, you know, they've realized that you, you don't need to score four goals to win a game. You need to allow zero, right? That's that. I'd much rather have a clean sheet than go out there and win three. I mean, tie three three or two two or something. Just keep that clean sheet, and they they really strengthened up that defense. I know uh, Van Dyke been there for what half since and a half now. So yeah. and he's basically a new signing for them. Oh, it's it been fantastic. Like. Yeah, he uh, 
he's, he's a great leader and the, the presence in that defense. I think him and Joe Gomez have great chemistry already. It's looking good there. It's looking like Lovren's on the way out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with Lovren. Uh, it's an interesting story of how that whole thing's panned out with him. But Joe Gomez looks great alongside Van Dyke. That chemistry looks great. So And they built for the future, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's a young team. Uh, when was the last time you could say Liverpool started a season with three clean sheets on the bounce? I I can't remember. I mean, they obviously conceded against Leicester, but before that, they had you know three for three of clean sheets, and that that is that yeah, is that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, so it is exciting, but we definitely uh, will have to see how September goes. Like I said, with the big test coming up. So going on into the next matchup, Chelsea leave it late, a two 0 win at the end of the day against Bournemouth. Again, the scoreline looks convincing. Was it convincing? I mean, it was a, it, I think it was a vintage Chelsea performance. They yeah. dominated possession, yeah. shots. They just kind of left it at the end to. Yeah, they 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 were in control of that game the whole time. It felt like, other than two big chances, one from uh, Callum Wilson, which he put over the bar, and the other one from Nathan Ake, who also put it right over the bar. I don't know if he was worried about scoring against his former club <laughs> or what it was, but they definitely should have scored Bournemouth, and then it could have been different because. Oh, absolutely. Chelsea got that late goal, the Hazard one, and that kind of settled it because it was yeah, too late. Yeah, that was late. the 85th minute. Yeah, yeah. so that, that kind of took the, the sting out of Bournemouth's uh, chances there. So it's interesting because, you know, Chelsea, I kind of put I Chelsea— still not a fan. The thing is, I put them on the verge of barely making the top four, and here they are, four wins out of four. Is it sorry? Is it is it just— so, I, want to start, I don't want to say luck, but are, are Chelsea legitimately uh, title contenders, or is it just too mm, one of those things where it's too <laughs> early to, to assess? I don't know. They they beat my team, and they beat them. I mean, pretty another Chelsea performance, you know, just scraping through but winning, right. and that's really all that matters. Think about Newcastle. That was an ugly one, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of. I mean, how many passes? I think Jorginho outpassed the whole team. Yeah, on his own. Another. Yeah, Jorginho has been phenomenal for them. He I know he is a pass master and everything, but just his discipline, being alongside Kovacic and Conte, is I, I got them as the best three midfield partnership in the league right now. The chemistry is is it's pretty there. impressive. I I can see it right away with Kovacic coming in. He looks solid. He's got that Real Madrid chemistry with Hazard for yeah. next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or Chelsea's going to do everything they can to make that Kovacic deal permanent and, and try to convince Which us. Which would be smart. Yes. Because he's a player, and he doesn't get any minutes at Real Madrid. Right. And I don't, I'm not normally one to jump the gun about a player coming into a brand-new team, trying to get chemistry and everything like that. But I'm sorry, with Kovacic, it's a different— It's there. It's already there. I it, mean— It is. It's, it's, it, it was odd seeing him in his first game, and he was out there— outperforming their own midfielders. Yeah, he settled in so well. It reminds me of uh, Keita with Liverpool. I mean, some of yeah. these new players are coming in settling so well. It's just it's crazy to me because yeah. you used to think about a month, two-month layoff to the guy getting used to the Premier League, and Kovacic came in as a sub and dominated games. Seamlessly, just transitioned right into that team. So that's it, a good look there for Chelsea. Something for their fans to get excited about, but like you said, potentially maybe a little nervous about. Hopefully, you know, Real Madrid doesn't come knocking. If they do, they can – they can work something out to keep those guys there because the chemistry is uh, is definitely there. They so, should work out a swap deal for Benzema or something. They need a striker to put some balls in the net. Morata's been kind of rough, don't you think? Yeah, he he definitely has still not lived up to you know the seasons before he, he joined Chelsea. I just I haven't seen Mata peak. I've seen glimpses of where it's he's he has the ability to. His runs are phenomenal. His yeah, absolutely. Positioning is great, but it's yeah it's, for strikers. It's all about putting the ball the in the product. back of the net. 
Right. And, and it just doesn't seem like he has, I don't know if it's the confidence or luck. I definitely plays a role in it, but keepers are making good saves and his confidence has to be down. Yeah. I, I, he does not look confident. The only time I saw that he looked confident uh, when he was playing was, uh, I, hate, I hate to say it, but that goal against, was it Mustafi against Arsenal? I mean, that was, it looked like a moment where he actually had poise and composure. And, and I was like, was, if he can, he was ready for that. that. Yeah. It, it, if he can continue that, then maybe, you know, he, he could, uh, you know, have a, a good, you know, t- solid 20 goal season. But I, right now I just don't know. I still think Chelsea is strongest when they play Hazard in like a center forward type role. Let him yeah. create, let him dictate play. Right. More a free role yeah. than central role. Because when they have him out on the left, don't get me wrong, he is, I mean, he's probably the most talented player in the league, in my opinion. But when they have him out there and yeah. they, they, he, he gets isolated out there and he's not going to bully his way through big guys. Don't get me wrong. He has great balance and body control and dribbling, but after a while, he's going to have three, four guys out there on him. I agree. Yeah. And pure talent alone. When, when Hazard is, is clicking, he is arguably the best in the league. And he, he should be getting 20 goals a season, almost with ease. With someone of his ability. Absolutely. In my opinion, I've never seen someone, I'd be quite honest, I mean, I have, but there are very few people I've seen that can – the close control and the dribble. The, oh, I think he's right up there the with ball. He's Messi incredible. and Coutinho. Absolutely. Hazard, Messi, and Coutinho, three best on the ball. You're not you're not getting the ball. I mean, his touches – the ball looks like it's sticking to his feet. I mean, it's incredible how uh, his close control is. Certainly a, a hell of a player on his day. <laughs> he, he started this past weekend, right? First start of the season, or did he start last week? I believe so. I believe that was his either first way. Game. He is in mid-season form already. Yeah, with absolutely. That goal, he j- he just took an easy layoff from Marcos Alonso, who's arguably been the best player in the league, almost Marcos Alonso. And simple finish, you know, just tuck it away right behind Begovic, and easy as that. Game over. Game set match. His art right. closes it once again. Who would have thought he that through game you know? week four? Marcos Alonso being top of the. One of the one of the better players, if not the best overall in the league. You That's know. scary. Yeah, Left back from he, Sari's team, best yeah. player in the league right now. Yeah, he's looking solid. So good win for Chelsea. Good start. Uh, again, same thing with the Liverpool summary. Don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves. Four and four, great start, absolutely. But you know, we've seen it all before. We have a long way to go, right? And, yeah, thirty-eight game season is no, no yeah. joke. Yeah, long injuries, transfers, like he was saying, Real Madrid come could come knocking for <laughs> yeah. Hazard. Hey, here's. Two hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. You think about that. You got you got the January window, mid season that that could disrupt, you know, the chemistry, the balance but of the team. But I didn't rate Sorry coming in, but now I feel like he is getting a hold of it. I do, and I don't think they could challenge for the league, but I still don't know because it's just so early. Yeah, he just gotta focus on you know keep focusing on Chelsea, not smoking so many cigs. <laughs> but uh, they need to get that defense in check. I'll tell you that. Get David Luiz. Out of there because he is a liability every time he's on the ball or somebody is coming at him with the ball. I think he thinks he's a center forward sometimes. And uh, I shouldn't even say I think. I know he thinks this. Yeah. It's David Luiz. I mean, we've he, seen him play for years. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> I mean, sure, he, he can every now and then one out of every 30 games of a Thunderbolt. It's great, but I think his last goal was against Liverpool, that free kick that caught you guys off guard. I think so. Yeah. I mean, he and scores some then, screamers, but yeah. David Luiz, you're th- a defender. This just in, you are a center back. Uh, you should play like one. Um, yeah, I think I have to agree that he might be just a little bit of a liability there. R- Rudiger has been phenomenal for them. He has, yeah. And Aspie is well great as usual. He's 
he, I think he's the most consistent player that is. Or I say, I, I think he's the I most think he's underrated. The most underrated. Exactly. The that's the word I was looking for. The most underrated, consistent player in the league in for the, the last league. four he's been years. There, he's been there since what? 2012 yeah, from Marseille? And he's, and he's been their best player probably since then, other than Hazard. And he's the unspoken one because he's, yeah. he's a quiet defender, just does his job, and he's so effective. Great player. So moving on to the shambles that is West Ham uh, Football Club. I mean, I don't know where to start. Listen, oh man, they they are at home against a Wolf side that, granted, yes, they are a solid side, newly promoted, but made some great summer signings. I'm sorry, it does not matter. You're at home; it's a great opportunity to get three points, or, or some kind of result. You, you do you agree with that? 103 million pounds in the summer, the third highest in the league. Oh yeah, even West Ham. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, West exactly. Ham did. Yeah, they even, spent 103 million pounds this summer. And they have, they're the only club in the Premier League with zero points right now. That's sad. It's shocking. And, and, and then West Ham fans last year were calling for Moyes' head to get chopped off. They bring in Pellegrini, and everyone <laughs> loves Pellegrini. Right. But guess what? Four, four games, zero points. Right. And I think they have – well, Cardiff has two goals now. I don't know how many West Ham has, but it can't be many. Yeah, West Ham is uh, – They're in uh, They're I, in crisis alert right now, I think. Are they – Again, with the early. whole four games again, are they the but, favorites to go down? Yes, easily. Them and Cardiff, in my opinion. What about Huddersfield? I think you throw them in there too. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd do that. But it's just the way West Ham play. It's it's not organized. It's all over the place. They got guys coming in and out. They're playing people out of position. I mean, and they. Have I thought the Wilshire tools. was going to be a great signing. Yeah, that's what I thought too. It's just come out like that team doesn't work together and they need to fix something now because Arnautovic is not going to be able to score goals for the rest of the season, every single one for them. No, and and West Ham as a, as a club uh, have scored two goals all season and, I'm, and, and conceded 10. So I think both of them goals are Arnautovic. If I'm, I know one of them for a fact is Arnautovic against Arsenal. Yeah. I can't remember the other one, but... I, Wait, I think they scored both of them against Arsenal? Was that a 3-2? It's a three-one, wasn't it? I think it's a three-one. Oh yeah, it was three-one. Yep, three, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. West Ham, I, you know the fans there. I know how their fans are. They're very, they're they passionate. They're very passionate fans. They they want, and I can understand when you have zero points out of a possible twelve. There's a lot of unrest in the organization, the club. But it's it's still early. Like like we were saying about the teams that are winning, and I know I said that they're favorites to go down, but that's just based off their style of play right now. They can pick it up. That's get the problem. A they, couple points, you know, is turn it, thing around. It's it's not one of those things where I don't think the players they have or the squad they have is incapable. I think there just is a chemistry imbalance or a problem. Yeah. You, like I said, they've invested so much yeah. over the summer. They brought Why in aren't all they these, producing? Yeah, they brought in all these new guys, and I don't know if they're necessarily ready for the challenge of starting every Game. Right. game in and game out at the pace of the Premier League, just like that. To come in and and, and and play at that pace. Some players are, clearly, as we talked about, some of the other clubs, but West Ham, it does not look like it. So hopefully they can they can figure that out quickly or they are in a and, lot uh, of trouble. Shout out to Robert Snodgrass for being a League 3 type player, but playing in the Premier League for his whole career. <laughs> uh, I've never seen anybody so slow before in my life. He is... People might rate him, but I do. I am not a fan of Robert Snodgrass. It's just he's abysmal. always he's always been that that uh, fringed 
starting 11 Premier League player. Right, like, he's like right in the cusp. On? Like, do we – is this a is this a regular guy or is this like a championship star? Yeah. You know, or like you said, a like League One or championship star, or is this a Premier League fringe player? What is what is his identity? It doesn't really seem as though he is Premier League He's, quality. No, he consistently. He, no, and they, and they've been starting him every game this year. Him alongside like Carlos Sanchez, like. I think that's due to experience. I think they feel like with Robert Snodgrass, just because he's been there. But again, is he? It doesn't work like that. It, it really, really right, especially with chemistry lacking. It's it's going downhill for West Ham. I think it's yeah. They they run did. one up top, and they're they got a lot of injuries, and Arnautovic, like we've been saying, Arnautovic is not going to be able to keep it up all season. He's right. been injury prone for about every season he's been in the Premier League, and right now, if that happens. They're they're doomed. Oh yeah, absolutely. What, what are they gonna? Who, I don't even know who their striker would be. Who Chicharito? Yeah, they have Chicharito. Uh, which they, he when he's come in, he still hasn't looked oh, his best. He doesn't look interested. No, I don't know no, if, no. if he's. See, I liked West Ham. I mean, I liked the way they play when they had Payet. They had oh, great Payette. chemistry. Yeah, that they was had, they that had whole a, thing too. That was a mess. But, yeah, but he was a great player. Oh yeah, and Arnautovic is talented. But he can't do it all by himself. Absolutely. He needs a sporting cast. Felipe Anderson has been decent the last two games. Started off kind of slow. They need him to get going. Yeah, Putting absolutely. the balls in the back of the net. And they need Mikel Antonio to start more games and put him up forward way further. Right. He is He's not, better up forward. He is not a left wing back. He is not a right wing back. He is absolutely. an attacking player. And he will put the ball in the back of the net. He will work. He will run. He it's it's confusing what they're doing. It is. They they just need to figure that out um, because it's early in the season. So figure it out now. Right. Get it going and build some just, chemistry. Score some goals. Let's go. Let's get it going. Mm-hmm. That's what the fans want to see too. Two and two goals and four. It's poor. No. So, looking at the Manchester City Newcastle matchup, Man City, not an absolutely typical, you know blown out of the water city home performance like you expect against a lower league side but they again they get the job done a cracking goal in that game too from, from Kyle Walker oh, and, and Raheem, Raheem too yeah even Raheem still was a great finish and uh shout out to my boy DeAndre Yedlin <laughs> Yedlin yep uh scored the first goal for an American since 2015 in the Premier League oh was it really that long wow. yeah wow and I, I'm not sure if I'm right but I want to take a random guess and say it was Jeff Cameron playing for Stoke you might be right on that. I that, don't know who it else think, it would be. I think it may have been Jeff Cameron. I think I remember that. Which is that. sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeff Cameron. Pulisic, please come to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, please. Let's change the dynamic a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's interesting with the situation at City. Just We all know the depth that they have, the, the money they've spent. And, and going on that depth a little bit, the situation involving Leroy Sané is an interesting one. He... Has not been starting. He's coming in as a sub a little bit, but uh, allegedly there is a, an issue with unrest between him and the manager Pep Guardiola as far as he has an attitude problem. So he's being rested. What what is your take on that? I I, I do not think Sane is the kind of person to have attitude problems. I think I I follow him on Instagram and Twitter, and it looks like he's having a quite a lot of fun. He still might be down about the whole snubbing from the World Cup. You know, he oh, might true. still be down from that, but. Sané is the player that can go in there and change a game any point. So they're going to definitely play him. Might not be sooner rather than later if this is coming out to be real, but at least they have him on their squad. 
Oh yeah, that's a player you want in your squad yeah. any day of the week. I mean, they Sané have so is many guys that they can come off the bench, like oh, yeah. Bernardo Silva, Sterling. They can put all these guys on Mars. the bench. I mean, yeah, it's, it's insane the depth they have there. See, I think City is the best team in the league by far. I love the way they play, mm-hmm. but I think right now their most important player is Benjamin Mendy. You know what? It's crazy to say. Isn't that crazy? Like roll off the tongue, like Benjamin Mendy. And I mean, the guy. Everyone's left back is outperforming everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. It's weird. It's been a year of the left backs. Yeah, yeah. Robertson, Mendy, you got Alonso, Polovas. Yeah, I mean, it's been Nacho, Monreal. Yeah, you could you could throw in there a little bit. Um, it's it's crazy to think that just because yeah, Mendy. He uh, he, he drives that team forward. He's got that, that powerful presence, and he's and he's. Uh, I watched the all or nothing on Man City and. You could just tell Pep was down and out when Mendy went down with his injury. Yeah, he was sad. He was genuinely sad for the guy. Yeah, it's good. It really is good to see him back. He's also a. He's definitely a, a social media personality. <laughs> Shark team. It, yeah, yeah. Pep has kind of told him to to calm it down a little bit in the social media, and he's he's kind of playing along with it. But he's a cool guy. He's, he's fun to watch, and yeah, he's definitely a key player in that eleven. So, um. Very exciting to see that Mendy is is, uh, is is back in the action. So now I kind of like Newcastle. I like the way they play sometimes under Rafa. He's fun. He's a good manager. Yeah, but I think they need to run a striker alongside Rondon. I like Rondon's physicality and his like the way he lays the ball off. But mm-hmm. they need somebody pacey and fast to run right past him, lay it off. I don't know who it'd be because. He's not getting a lot of support. No. He looks kind of isolated. I mean, he when he passed that through ball in for the goal, it was DeAndre Yetlin making the attacking run. Right. And he's right. a right back. Exactly. And that's the thing. I think Newcastle's structure or team infrastructure is built around that, which they want to channel everything through Rondon. But Rondon, like I said, can't do it all. I mean, no, he, he's, he's a, what is his role? Is he is he a, is he a main a man, man, a target man? Right. Lay it off. What what is exactly is his role, and and you got to utilize the team around him to help support him, to make him stronger in that role, rather than isolate him and and expect him to to do it all himself. So, yeah, that's a good point that you make. That yeah, Yedlin was the one, obviously with his he's got great pace, but he is still the one from the right back position making that run. So, which is shocking. That is pretty shocking. He was in the six. Yeah, he's in the six making that run as a right back. So, um, good win for City. 10 points so far. Obviously, they're going to be right there till the end. We all know that. Arsenal get the win against Cardiff 3-2. Uh, get a little chuckle from the Arsenal fan over here. They Hey, they got the win. It was kind of a shootout, which is not what you want to see. The defense still is an issue, but it's great to see your front two together on the field at the same time, linking up and both getting on the score sheet. So I been waiting for that for a season and a half now it feels like yeah forever and it's just that's what they need to do they have to play both of them they have great chemistry they're best friends just keep it going right because it's not going to work out if one of them sits the bench no i agree i think they it just looks weird and when they're both in there you can tell they're having fun you can tell they're they want to score they're they're both hungry oh yeah and yep. Aubameyang finally got his, and you could tell it took a big relief off his shoulder, and he's ready to keep going. Yeah, they enjoy each other's company. You can see, like when they celebrate and after scoring the goals. And oh yeah, they 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 definitely enjoy playing together. I, I think Arsenal fans, 
it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like almost like a warm and fuzzy for them. They want to see that, you know. You guys, I I'm sure you can speak on behalf of, of oh, our fans. I want to I want to see you our best eleven. I want to see our best two guys on our team playing side by side every game. Unai Emery, are you listening? I hope you can hear that. Torreya needs to play <laughs> every match ninety minutes from the jump. Lucas Torreya has been phenomenal. He has. He he might have only played eighty something minutes, but. The way he reads the game, he, he's what they've been missing for years now, and they're still not playing him. It's just—it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he's. I mean, they, the team has always been missing, and I, I can relate as a Liverpool fan. We've we've always been missing that central. Barzil's been it, missing that central kind of defensive presence in the midfield. And they got always it. been that guy, and now Torreira's coming in, and he looks to already kind of bring more of a peace of mind, reassurance that position <laughs> can can finally be. No, nothing on Gunduzi or anything. He's been oh, he's amazing he's- for a 19-year-old kid out there. But was he really ready to start four games back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back in the Premier League after playing in League 2 for the last two seasons? Right, and not only that, but take Torreira out and, and, and play defensive, have, almost have to play both sides of the game because he's not known per se as, as definitely not as much as Torreira for his – and defensive ability and Jaka next to him, so it's like, what's the deal with Jaka? He's he seems like hot or cold, doesn't he? Like he he, he has his moments, and then uh, he, he kind of gets he loses it a little bit. He has, obviously we know he kind of has a little bit of a temper at times. I'm but. a Jaka fan, but he needs to really get that mental side of his game down. He wants to, yeah, I like I love the dirty tackles every once in a while. Don't get me wrong, you need that in your team. You need that guy go in there and smash somebody every once in a while. Arsenal's been missing it, but there's times where he is just shocking, just absolutely shocking. Those and split second decisions, that, yeah. Against Cardiff this weekend, he played a, a cross field pass trying to go all the way over to Hector Bellerin. It got ripped off the pass, taken down the field, and they scored. Yeah. And Jaka walked back the whole way. That's inexcusable at the Premier League level. That's especially for a guy that you paid that much money for, and he's starting week in week out for the past two seasons, and you're still doing stuff like that. Yeah, I remember when they first signed him. I mean, that was a huge, that was a big deal, huge deal. He was one of the most consistent players in the Bundesliga, and he comes in Arsenal and uh, just looks different. Yeah, he doesn't look. I don't know if it's comfortable or too comfortable. Right, right. Because he is a he. He's needed for the. The diagonal passes, those killer through balls. He can play those all day. But when Gunduzi's next to him, he feels that he has to play more defense. That's right. why when Torreya's in there, it's perfect for him. It gives him that comfort. Yeah, right, that he can Torreya's play a little like, bit ahead of him right. and just do what he wants to do instead of tracking back and forth with his 32 pace. <laughs> and it's just not going to work out like that. Arsenal wants to play counterattack, and you can't have two slow guys in the midfield trying to play counterattack. And right, quick and pressing. So, what's Arsenal's best midfield pairing? I mean, it sounds like Torreira has got to be included in there. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely Chaka and Torreira to me, right? Because they they're almost opposites in my opinion. Torreira wants to defend and wants to s- swing the ball around easily and comfortably, and Chaka wants to not defend and spray through balls ninety yards. Exactly. Yeah, I, I have to uh, agree with that as well. The thing is, Gunduzi, Don't get me wrong; he is fun to watch, but he's he's a kid. I mean, this yeah. guy is going to develop. And you can, he is going to be a star. You, you can, can see that he's nineteen years old out there every once in a while because he goes into some challenges pretty late, or he plays some pretty misplayed passes, and you can just tell he's like 
man, I'm I don't know if I'm ready for this right now. Right. Uh, with with Arsenal, the defense. They got three points, but the defense has to be a little bit of a concern. It all starts with Czech. It, it, as good as he's been as a goalkeeper, he's made some great saves. He's kept us in some games, but his feet are horrible. <laughs> they're they're terrible. In the first half of the game, he got the ball back from Mustafi, who Mustafi needs to stop passing the ball back to Czech, period. Well, they all do. Heart and mouth every time Czech gets the ball. Oh, yeah. Feet, you know. And uh, Czech got the ball, looked to the middle, saw Gunduzi wide open. Gunduzi was no longer wide open, still passed the ball, and Harry Archer ripped it right off the pass, moved nowhere, shot it, went over the bar. But those are warning signs. Exactly. Aguero is putting that in the net. Salah is putting that in the net. Oh, yeah. Hazard is putting that in the net. Th- those guys are putting that away. You're lucky it was Harry Archer, Czech. That's all I'm going <laughs> to yeah. say. I was reading that uh, – uh, one of the analysts or journalists, I can't remember who it was, but they said that that error was worse than Allison's error, and he should be getting criticized heavy, he- like more heavily, but he's not just because he didn't concede. I mean, it is, I don't think it really matters about what error was worse. I mean, either way, it's at this level, goalkeepers in both of those types of situations should not be making those decisions. No. I mean, we don't see that, especially of players of like Czech and Allison's quality. I mean, I have the numbers right here for when uh, Xhaka and Torreya play together. They played only 54 minutes together. They've scored three goals and allowed zero. Xhaka and Gunduzi have played 241 minutes together. They've scored five and allowed seven. Gunduzi and Torreya have played 65 minutes together, no goals, and only one conceded. So, as you can see, Torreya has to be in the 11. Again, you and I, listen. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I don't, I don't, how it, else can you? I don't know if you need me to explain it better, <laughs> but I'll try. I mean, the numbers definitely don't lie. It's a small-ish sample size, but again, Torreya looks, when he's been out there, he's definitely shown much more of a defensive presence than any of the other central uh, players in that I system. Mean, so Danny Ward scored a goal against us for Cardiff. That's just as an Arsenal fan Let that watching that. Moment. That's just embarrassing. It it really was to watch them score two goals on us. It I I felt comfortable that we were going to win the game, but I was not expecting that. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you're not uh, wanting to see. Three, two, four threes, no. edge of your seat games every week. It's got to be a little. No, it's kind of repetitive, and my heart's going to give out. Soon. Exactly, <laughs> for for the sake of your your health. So, moving on to uh, briefly, when talk about Crystal Palace, they disappointingly shut out at home against Southampton, two uh, nil. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that, I think a lot of people can agree with this, is uh, Wilfried Zaha not being present. I mean, he has been, the numbers speak for themselves with, with, with Zaha. I think he has scored. He's actually Crystal Palace's all-time leading Premier League scorer now with 24 goals, which... And what, he's 25 years old? He's, he's pretty young. Uh, you think 24 goals, that's not very much. But then again, you got to think about Crystal Palace's time spent in the top flight in comparison to your other, you know, bigger teams like the Man United's, Chelsea, Liverpool, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course, their top scorer is not going to be, you know, up there sitting at, 60, 70, 80, 100, you know, 90, 100 goals. But regardless of that, Wilfried Zaha is is a huge Peace. centerpiece yeah, to that team and that attack. And to take him out uh, is, is a big blow. And it clearly showed the creativity was not there. Just confirmed four weeks out with a groin injury for Zaha. Yo, that's, see, that's going to hurt them. 
big time. I, I'm not exactly sure what their next four fixtures are, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Because Wilfried Zaha right? has been pretty much Crystal Palace's uh, uh, contribution. Luckily, luckily, they got a pretty easy run of fixtures. They play Huddersfield, okay, Newcastle, West. Oh, that's a cup. They play Bournemouth and then Wolves. So okay, they, they could scrape some points out of there without him, but either way, it's still a big loss. It's scraping points again, right? And for those of you who have, uh, we'll get into more of this uh, later in the show. But for those of you who have Zaha in your fantasy team, I am very sorry. These things happen. I wild carded this weekend and put him in my team, and he wasn't even on the <laughs> bench. <laughs> so that just goes to show uh, how big of a loss it, it truly is. So. Burnley and Manchester United. Manchester United, obviously, as we all know, to start the season, really no other word to describe it than a shambles. A lot of issues on and off the field, media issues with the manager and different players being singled out. Media issues? What? And Mourinho has media issues? <laughs> I know. It's, it's shocking, right? Uh, we're going to talk more about that, too, with uh, uh, a player that actually uh, kind of backed Mourinho uh, we'll talk about that after we analyze the game. So United, 2-0 win. Both goals scored by Romelu Lukaku. It's, it's good for him to get on the score sheet for United fans, I'm sure, to see that. Alexis Sanchez playing a beautiful ball for the first goal on a cross. And the second one was pretty scrappy. It kind of fell right to him. But either way, he puts it in the back of the net with confidence. So a, a clean sheet, a 2-0 win, Lukaku getting two goals. I mean, I guess as a United fan, you can't really ask for much more than that. Is it... The kickstart they needed, I mean, it is Burnley, but this is a Burnley side that made the Europa League, but they're not playing like it. They're really disappointing so far. Burnley is getting crowded with the fixtures, and I, they don't I have the talent. Yeah. yeah, they don't have the talent to get them through both uh, seasons. The Premier they, League and the Europa League. They really don't. It's going to be rough mm-hmm. because it's Burnley, and they shocked everybody when they qualified for the Europa League. And now they, I, mean, I think they went out. Honestly, I did. I don't think they made it. I think they went out in the qualifying round. Well, oh, either way, there. I just don't think their quality is going to be able to do what they did last year. No, Burnley is. Uh, last year, I think they may have overplayed, if you will. They overperformed. You know, they had a great season last year, but I, I, I don't see them replicating that this year. If they, they, if they do. I will buy a Burnley jersey. <laughs> yeah, I will jump on that. But on one that jersey I'll make sure I don't buy is that United kit they wore. That pink, it was just bad. I don't yeah, know that, if it was the the game, like me watching the game or like looking at the players, but it was just bad to me. I have a positive for that game. Luke Shaw picked up another 90 minutes. Hey, look at that. It's good to see him getting some minutes. And, and <laughs> He's got to be United's front runner for player of the year so far. Already, yeah. Yeah, that that goal he scored in the opening game, absolute quality. He another meant that touch and everything. Left back. Yeah. yeah, another left back. That's true. Yeah. It, it's weird because the left back is the most difficult position oh. in football to find raw talent. And like you said, in this league, we have five or six easily that are that are wingers playing left back. Right. That and they're probably the best player for their team right now. Yeah. I mean, it's insane to to think that. But yeah, it's been definitely a year of left backs. So a uh, good win for United. We'll see if it if it kind of kickstarts their season. But I'm not I'm not a big fan of United. But uh, their system they played this game was much better than the game they played against Spurs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely agreed. Because uh, you cannot play and Herrera as a center back in a partnership of three, especially with players like Smalling and um, 
I believe it was Lindelof next to him. That's just a rough partnership. Yeah, that's there's no there's no cohesion, there's no cohesion there. there at all. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, interesting enough, when we kind of joked about the media issues at United because they do exist uh, with Jose Mourinho now. Nemanja Matic kind of backed him, and he said that Mourinho's media antics, quote, are good for us. So is that just a case of a player trying to take away the the focus so much on being on the manager and 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 trying to lift the pressure off Mourinho? Or what do you do? You think Matic really genuinely feels that way? That about- I hope not, because I mean, I guess any. Uh- talking point is a good talking point or whatever you want to say, but when it's united and it's negative, how can it possibly be good? So I'm confused on what he means by that media is good for their squad because it's, it's not, it, it, it just doesn't look, it doesn't look like it's good for their squad. They're not playing like it's good for their squad. And you know, Mourinho is just going to keep running his mouth too. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, he demanded respect. You heard him. He he's he has he's, three titles. You guys know that. He yeah. has three. <laughs> Count them: one, two, three. I mean, he is definitely a a man that is very. He believes in himself. He's very proud of his accomplishments. Right. He, he's he's very <laughs> conceited. He's conceited. I think that's the word I'm looking for. He's he's just he's so. I, I guess I I don't understand what the whole point of of it all is I, I think Reno sometimes just it, it's so secondhand second nature to him just to say these things that he doesn't even think he's coming off as, as uh arrogant, arrogant. Right. But he is, but he completely is. And I, I think Matic saying those things, I think personally, I, I don't think, he, I don't know if he really knows what he's saying. I think he thinks that it's just going to kind of lift the burden <laughs> off the manager. And no, nothing on Matic because he, he's a great he'd, player. He'd kill me, but can he even <laughs> speak English? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Does I he really listen to Mourinho's press conferences. Like, do the players listen to Mourinho's press conferences? Yeah, I'm not sure if he needs to hire a new translator or what. But I mean, like, uh, as a player for Manchester United, you watch that interview with him talking about his three titles and everything. Like, did you, did you agree with? Like, could you possibly like what he just did right there? Like, did that make you feel happy that he just bragged about titles that he hasn't won with you? Right that you haven't even been involved in. So it's, it's just hard for me to say he genuinely feels that strongly about him when, when he hasn't really. And, and, and uh, I mean, I don't know if Matic is going after Mourinho with this, but Mourinho let Matic go when he was at Chelsea. Yeah. That's and then true. He, and then he let him go again and then he brought him back. So right. it's, I have it's no interesting idea. of all people yeah. that it'd be Matic being yeah. outspoken. Yeah. That's a good point. Tottenham Hotspur lose 2-1 away to Watford. Uh, the new Leicester. The new Leicester FC, Watford, the Hornets looking, I mean, four out of four. They're up there with Chelsea and Liverpool, very convincing so far. I mean, were Spurs that poor? Were Watford that good? Combination of both. Mm, I don't know what to think about Watford. I really don't. Because they have talented players in a lot of parts, but they also have old players in a lot of key parts of their team. And 38-game season, like we've been saying, is hard to keep up on. To keep that consistency yeah. consistency going all season long. And luckily for them, I mean, unluckily for them, they're not going to play Spurs every weekend. True, yeah, because <laughs> they couldn't handle that, uh, no doubt. 
they, I mean, they are off to a very good start. You can't deny that. Uh, they will face a tough test in their next game against United. But in that game alone against Spurs, they created a lot of chances and a couple of set-piece goals. So obviously from a Spurs standpoint, very disappointing. But, hey, set-pieces are a very large part of the game. Oh, they're key. Key, and, key, uh, key. I just remember, like when I when I played soccer in high school, coaches say, "Oh, about sixty percent of all goals are set pieces," and it's it's a good percentage, and it's at, funny even at the professional when, level. When I would, when we played in high school together, none of the goals were from set pieces. Yeah. Now, when you watch professional soccer, a lot of them, whatever you, football, soccer, it's almost a goal a game from a set piece. Right. It might not be a corner, but hey, a penalty is a set piece, guys. I right. Have to tell you, yeah, yeah the, the the ball is in a resting position. Um, yeah, it's crazy to 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 t- take that in, but yeah, Watford two goals and set pieces. That's that's two goals. Doesn't change anything. So uh, good win for them. Four out of four. Are they the new Leicester? I'm going to say no, but <laughs> I do think they'll they'll be easily a top ten team the way they're playing this year. Oh, so. really? You think they'll keep this on? I think they could say. I think I could say the ninth or tenth place finish is not. Out I think of, that's pretty pretty generous. Yeah, no, I think that's decent. I think that's about right where yeah, I have them. I think it's fair. Yeah, I think it's definitely fair. So, in other news, as far as uh, contracts go, this is kind of a surprising one. This is just announced just before the, the show, so I kind of wanted to mention this. Jordan Henderson has signed a contract extension with Liverpool until 2023. As we've seen with the depth that Liverpool have brought on, uh, just real quick, we'll touch base on this, bringing in Naby Keita and Fabinho and players like that. Hasn't been getting as many minutes, but uh, I, I guess I wonder what it kind of shows for the direction that Liverpool are going. I mean, young Henderson's still relatively young. I still uh, think it's a good move for them just because he's a key cog to the whole mental aspect to the team. He can right. bring a lot of he's a leader. leadership. Exactly, yeah. he's He's been a captain and a leader for a while for this club. It, you, you can kind of see the role kind of – Milner's kind of accept, <laughs> assume the role sometimes – I think personally, going long, long term, you could see Virgil Van Dyke taking that over. He's definitely a good vocal leader in the back for Liverpool. But I think it's a good move as far as, like I said, he's definitely a key cog. He, he establishes depth in the side, and uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Henderson's also a player that would be okay with not playing and just being that leader. Right. You, I don't. I think he just loves the club. Agree. I don't think we're going to hear anything about how he's complaining about right. not playing. <laughs> You know, this just in Henderson's poor attitude, you know, yeah, keeps him on the bench I for don't see that happening. I don't see that either. Henderson's, you know, he's he's a good lad, so I, I don't I don't see that at all. He's so a professional. Right. He's a true professional, exactly. That's what you need that in your team. Yeah. So going off into the fantasy world, I'm not gonna really give any tips this week, as in uh, my weekend was absolutely abysmal. I ended up <laughs> whopping fifty points. And uh I played my wild card too, so it was bad. Yes. All around bad. Not, I played Zaha, and yeah, I found out he had a groin injury about 20 minutes after the game started. And uh, Walcott went off at 58 minutes, I think it was. Yes, that's not that's not good week at all for you, buddy. No. Um, you know, I, I kind of had a mixed week. Pretty good overall. I, I, I will say one of the sleeper picks of the season. If you have Alexander Mitrovic, congratulations. Four I, goals in four games. I accidentally good. picked uh, Luciana Vieto over Mitrovic this weekend. In the oh. wild card, so <laughs> again, not, yeah. you're not your best. Hopefully, things turn around for you soon because that is definitely a disappointing uh, oh, man. outing. You, and you use it too. You only get one of those. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that are are really into the fantasy 
uh, Premier League, you know exactly what we're referring to. There's a wild card, and then you also get a couple other things that you can use, like I guess, like triple bench or something like that. Free hit. Free hit, right, right. There's different like accolades this that you like have. This is my first real season trying to really do well. Yeah, because you're in a competitive league and everything. Just, and I'm just getting blasted. Yeah. We'll smash out of the water. These guys know what they're doing. Right. It all comes down to timing. Yeah. Of the, you know, those types of things. So, unfortunately, the timing for you is not the best. But, hey, hopefully it all turns around. So, nobody really had a killer weekend anyway besides uh yeah i'm trying to think uh glenn murray probably had the best weekend yeah. of any striker and he's probably owned by three percent of people or right. so 34 year old glenn murray everybody pick him up all right <laughs> he is shout out Derek. yeah <laughs> yeah shout out to our buddy Derek, who has glenn murray on his team he, is he has no idea who he is either. <laughs> <laughs> if we asked him he probably what teams he play for uh burley you know? <laughs> but uh, no he's he's having a great season so he had a nice little uh i i do uh, admire the the goal he had against Manchester United. I think part of it too is my Liverpool bias. But honestly, no, he had a really nice goal against United. The little flick, mm-hmm. um, very very nice uh, finish there. But yeah, he, he's a heck of a player. You were telling me about his stats. Uh, he has like a goal every other game average from the Championship yeah. to now in the Premier League. I mean, he has a great it's stat line. Crazy to me because he does not look like a guy who can fit the league or fill that role. But he's he doing it gets consistently. The job done, yeah, every single year. Week in and week out for Brighton, so he's a great, great player. So to end the show, we're going to kind of talk about the – this is going to be a segment we do each episode, uh, kind of a fun thing. We're going to talk about our three stars of the week and then our three disappointments of the week, so obviously individual players. So starting with the stars of the week, obviously, as you can imagine, <laughs> Glenn Murray. Number one. Number one on the list. I mean, the performance speaks for itself. He continues to do it at his age. It, it's so impressive to see what he is he's doing. So two goals for him. One of the three stars of the week, without they, a doubt. They were down two. Two, oh, right. that's right. And he against brought Fulham. them back. Yep. And they ended up uh, getting a point out of that. <laughs> Mitrovic gave up that handball. Yeah. Yes. He, he can't do it all, but he, he can <laughs> score goals. You know? yeah. Good thing they don't dock you for handballs in the in the fantasy league as far as points go. That would be bad. Minus, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, minus one for handball. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? So, yeah, great game for Glenn Murray again. Uh, another star, Romelu Lukaku, uh, getting two goals himself for Manchester United, scored the only goals of the game against Burnley. So, without a doubt, he is one of the stars of the week. And uh, last but not least, uh, Jose Halabas for Watford, left back again, redefining left the role. Back, left, left back, back turn winger. Yeah. He, a couple more assists. You got him, obviously, both in the set piece goals as they were both uh, set piece goals for Watford. So, He's number one in the league in assists right now. And that's. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. The uh I don't know what they call the the assist leader. They have an award for that. They only have the golden boot for top score, but I'm sure my guy Meza Uzo will come back and win it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's supposed to. Where's the assist king at? He has he hasn't been uh, shown. Hey, up he's yet. the only person with over a hundred assists in the Premier League that's under the age of thirty, so he's still not thirty. No. Wow. Twenty nine. It's crazy to think that too, because it feels he's like he's been, been around forever. forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, league, uh, just wish he would have bring brought his uh, Real form to Arsenal. You know, he would have been dominating those assist records. But I mean, he, he had Ronaldo he, to pass he, the ball to. True, yeah. And Di Maria when he was red hot at Real Madrid. Oh, yeah. Now the thing is, he's had it at times. We, we've seen glimpses of it. Yeah. But he just hasn't been consistent over a long period of time. He had a good so, game this weekend, though. So. Yeah. So hopefully he can he can pick it up because when he is on. Uh, you know, on top of his game, I mean, that, he's That's getting assists every other game. It seems like, he's, oh yeah, at least. especially with uh, you know, and a good scorer too. He's you know, yeah, especially with the two strikers we have now. Oh yeah, he should be. Oh, you yeah. would think, yeah. He I doesn't have, he doesn't have Bettner. 
to pass the ball. Yeah, now. Lord, Lord Bentner. If they, if him and Alba and, and Laka can get some chemistry going, that could be a really dangerous. Oh, I'll, I'll put Laka in as my uh, fourth star. Oh yeah, he, he was, had a great game. Yeah, he he, he was. is phenomenal at the target play. He is good at yes. build up. He is that good link at up all with that. Alba. That was, Alba. That was nice. Perfect. That was really nice. That was good to see. It's like a faster Giroud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I don't even know if he's faster than them because the stats came out and Lacazette was near the bottom. You know, the whole pace thing is weird to me. Some of the guys that you would expect, I, uh, who was at the top? Uh, Socrates. Socrates was up there. I mean, Alba won, but of, of Socrates course, but was in third, third place. place overall above some guys that you would have had him locked over him. It was really interesting to see that. So three disappointments of the week. <laughs> the first one, without a doubt, is uh, Liverpool FC's expensive goalkeeper Allison who hey he's not even really that expensive now if you think about Kepa, it right Kepa went way above it. <laughs> that made me feel good everybody was ratting <laughs> us about Allison and then Chelsea science that sale blows my mind because they or that whole transfer because they, they they sell Cartois for in the 30. 30s 32 or something like that and then they buy Kepa for like 80 which is and uh you can ask a lot of Chelsea fans and they'll probably have no idea who Kepa is right and you, or how to say his last name uh, uh, I'm not even going to go for Ar- Ars Belega. I don't even know. It's a long name, so good luck with that one. It's kind of like when Cesar first came to the league. Alex Pilaqueta, I can now say that one. but a took lot. me some time. Yeah, they, they started calling him Dave. It's just one of those random nicknames that I guess he picked up just because nobody could say his name. So we're going to call you Dave. That sounds good. Sounds like a good English name, so <laughs> we have to do that with Keppa. But, uh, yeah, Allison with that, obviously he made a couple good saves, but that one error alone. I mean, those types of errors can cost games, so that definitely – uh, makes him a solid candidate for mm-hmm. disappointment of the week, but he will pick up. I hope I don't see his name on this list anymore as a Liverpool fan because that that was a howler without a doubt. Uh, Harry Kane for Spurs didn't have a he much was impact, non-existent against yeah. Watford. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. yeah, I mean Harry Kane is a guy you'd expect to score a couple goals or a goal against Watford, right? At least, right? Or and, or or contribute like assist or just just be more involved. And it did not seem like he yeah was really much much at all so no well i could say west ham's entire starting 11 but i will just single out marco anatovich as a disappointment of the week the third and final one uh he had a huge chance i'd say about the 81st minute where he took it around the uh i don't remember who plays defense for them but took it around the center back pretty easy and uh shot it right at road patricio's face so and then you feel like he's Bearing that every time. And then Wolves went down and scored and yeah. won the game. Yeah, Triari at the very end yeah. there. Yeah. West Ham fans, I'm sorry. that this We could put your whole 11 in there if we really wanted to, but we'll just we'll, keep it easy on you guys. Yeah, we'll take it easy on you. And I'm also I'm also apologizing for the, the fact that it was the 93rd minute yeah. of the game. That I mean, the, the season wasn't already miserable enough. 93rd minute, Triari. You just, had a point. Yeah, you had a point going for you. Yeah, and then, quicker than that. Yeah, yeah, you almost had it, yeah. I'm just so, reeling in the bait now, reeling the bait. Yeah. So definitely uh, disappointing for them. But uh, those are your three stars, three three disappointments of the week. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to sneak something in there. As far as the Player of the Year nominees, uh, we have Mo Salah, Luka Modric, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Who now, do you got? I think Ronaldo will win because <laughs> – it's kind of a popularity contest, but I personally think Salah has been the most impressive player in the past year. What he did for Egypt, 
what I know he didn't do very well at the World Cup, but I mean the whole team didn't do well at the World Cup. Right. But what he did for Liverpool last season was amazing. You'll it won't happen this year. Somebody will not do that again for a while. No, I don't think so. I think especially in between seasons, players have time, teams have time to kind of or have time to figure that out. And uh, I think they've already kind of adjusted to his play style and everything like that. I mean, he's always going to have the pace. He's always going to have the ability. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. those things don't change. But don't expect Salah to, to do that again don't, year in and year out. Yeah, don't expect the Messi uh, dribble through everybody all the time. Right, exactly. And it's the Premier League. I mean, the fact they did it last year alone was just incredible. But I, I think your your expectations are unrealistic if you're setting the bar that high every <laughs> single season. So, I mean, go ahead if he really wants to. I have sure. him on my fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's still a great fantasy candidate, but uh, – uh, although Sadio Mane with four goals tied at the top of the leaderboard there in the league uh, is a great uh, player to have right now at the mm-hmm. moment. So, who, who would you pick for your player of the year? Would you pick Salah as a Liverpool fan, or would you go with the obvious pick and take the it's a tough popular one. guy? It's a tough one. You know, no matter what I say, it's always going to oh well, you're a Liverpool fan. You know, you got the bias. I think I really like Salah. I think just this year alone. I mean, obviously Ronaldo every year, including this past year, has just been phenomenal. His own his own right. But uh-huh. I think of just what you said, Salah, not only for club, but for country. I mean, this man has just, he qualified Egypt for the world cup single-handedly. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't think there's really much to argue with that there. I think, I think personally he does deserve it. And Luka Modric is not a bad candidate. Either. No, I mean, he's just stacked. And it's crazy that we're not even talking about Messi when we're talking about this. Right. He, he took, he took Croatia uh, all the way to the final of the world cup. And, and he uh, played great that game. He did. He still played great. I mean, Luka Modric is a complete player in the midfield. He's he's what every team would want in a in a five aside, especially. He's he's a great player. Uh, and one thing uh, before we before we let you go, uh, I want to touch base real quick on the uh, Champions League draw. I meant to do that a little earlier, but we'll touch base on it right now before we go. So we've got a few Premier League teams that are, uh, of course, in the Champions League. Uh, some, as you can see in the groups, clearly have much easier looking roads than others. We'll talk about that. As far as the the uh, quote unquote easy roads, the one that stands out to you right away has got to be Manchester City, right? Group F. Yeah, uh, Lyon uh, haven't looked too good this year, and then they got Hoffenheim and uh, Shakhtar, and Shakhtar just sells everybody. Yeah, and, sells their superstars to and Hoffenheim. I have no idea about them anymore. I know they just got Reese Nelson on loan, so let's hope Hoffenheim and Reese Nelson score a couple goals past them against Man City. Yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. So yeah, I mean, looking at that group, they played what six games? I would say at least twelve points. Yeah, City should walk away with that group pretty easily, but I have no idea who will come in second in that one. Yeah, it's a tough one to call. But first, City easy second squad could go in there win that group. Yeah, they should have no problem. With, uh, yeah, exactly. They could they could rest players in the end games if they if they already have the group secured after four games mm-hmm. or whatever. Looking at some of the tougher groups, uh, Liverpool is one that really jumps out in Group C. They've got Napoli and PSG in there. I mean, now Liverpool obviously right now they they are really looking at the league. I think they're focusing on the league, but. I think they they're made the enough. final last year in the Champions League. I think they could. I they think they're strong a... enough to get out of this group pretty easily. And then I, it's just all about that, you know, the knockout stages. Who you right. draw? 
I think the first game will be exciting. It's PSG at home, toughest opponent at Anfield. I think it's going to be a great game, great atmosphere. That's going to be fun to watch. Neymar mm-hmm. and Mbappe, Cavani, that's going to be fun. The group of death, I guess I would say, if there is one, would probably be Group B. Uh, Tottenham, I am sorry for Tottenham Spurs fans. You seem to never get a friendly draw in this competition. You think they're going out? I don't know if I want to say they're going out. It's just a very difficult draw. Because, I mean, Inter is not Inter like they used to be. Let's no. let's face it. They're not 2010 Inter. Barcelona is Barcelona. obviously top class. PSV Eindhoven, now they're as great as they are in the Dutch League. This is the, the Dutch League. This is... This is the Champions League. Uh, Spurs, though, the thing is about Spurs is they've been disappointing in Europe in the last few years. So I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't get through the group, but we expect them to, right? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely see them getting through. I don't know what to expect from this Inter team yet, and I'm sure a lot of people don't know what. But I don't see PSV beating Spurs twice, twice right, to knock them out. Yeah, so we, we'd expect Spurs to get through, although you could say it's a it's a – difficult-ish group. Oh, yeah. They might they might squeeze through by one point or goal differential even. Right. But we expect them to go through. The last team in the Premier League in the Champions League, Manchester United in Group H with Valencia, Young Boys, and uh, Juventus out of Italy. And by Young Boys, you mean the team, right? Not yes. the Young Boys. Young Boys, the team out of Switzerland? Yeah. I want to say, yep. So, interesting... Uh, topics from this group right away that stand out. Cristiano Ronaldo facing his old club again. And then, of course, Paul Pogba, likewise, uh, playing for United, facing Juve, his old club. So that'll be fun to watch for sure. I got uh, Ronaldo scoring at least once at Old Trafford. Really? Oh, yeah. I feel like the man always scores there, you know, whenever he goes back. When he played for Real Madrid there, I mean, when he played for Real Madrid at Old Trafford, I'm pretty sure he scored. Yeah, that's a uh, – I can't remember what year that was. A couple but, years back, three years, when yeah. they started their dominant run. Yep. Yeah, I think I think Ronaldo going back to Old Trafford, that stuff doesn't phase a player like that. Oh, I think he'll no. <laughs> I think he'll be he'll be looking for that. He'll he'll be excited to do that. He's so. gobbling that oh, up. Oh yeah. Waiting. Feed him. He's got it circled on his calendar oh, already. 100%. 100%. He's ready for a couple underground po- uh, underwear posts on Instagram <laughs> yeah. the day before that. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be ready for that one for sure. That'll be fun to watch. Both of those games, the fixtures, um, Interim and at Old Trafford, those would be crap. Do you to watch. think uh, Ronaldo could keep up his uh, streak of Champions Leagues? That'd be four in a row for him. Yeah, it'd be incredible, especially at a different club. Juve are one of the favorites, understandably so. I mean, a this lot of year. people switched over from Real Madrid to Juve yeah. being the favorites because of him. Solely because of that. And it's it's interesting to, to add to that point, Wayne Rooney actually said, for me, Juve are the favorites alone because of Ronaldo. I, uh, I, and it's, I think they're my favorites. I'd say. I mean, let's let's be honest. He's obviously one of the best, if not the best, in the world. The thing is, they have depth as well. Is you know, going looking outside of Ronaldo, it's a very strong eleven with a lot of depth, and so I think that team can very well be that's, at least semifinalists, if not. That's why those Real teams have been so good too. It's not just him. They have eleven or ten other guys who are damn good. Yep. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Strong teams. Yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun to watch this year's Champions League. I think uh, Valencia could maybe shock uh, United. Yeah, I don't want to write them off. Uh, especially, no. we shouldn't write them off. Last year, we saw in the knockout stages with Spanish club Sevilla did. Um, everybody remembers Ben Yetter, the super sub against Manchester oh, yeah. United. That was, I'm sorry, that was not pretty for, for Manchester United. But in the group stage, I don't see... 
I don't know if I see them being an issue twice. I think at Old Trafford, United should be comfortable. But traveling to Spain against Valencia, that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. Uh, it won't be necessarily – The young boys in dead last, though. They're going to struggle because that group is tough for them. That's a tough group for them, absolutely. I, I don't even know if I see them getting a point out of that group, honestly. It's going to be a rough one for them. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, sums up the show, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in for our first episode. We will bring more content uh the next game week, which is game week five in the Premier League, we do have the international break, so we will uh, most likely uh, bring avoid that. Avoid that. Yeah, we will avoid that. We don't want to get into that. Uh, but we will for sure bring you content uh, before game week five starts, analyzing and or previewing all of those matchups and discussing potential uh, who to start, who to sit for fantasy. Yet again, don't listen to me. Yeah, don't, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's doing. No, he... <laughs> Bad stroke of luck, but uh, <laughs> we'll definitely we'll definitely get into that more so uh, when that comes up. So thanks again for tuning in, and uh, this was the first edition of the Footy Bros Podcast Premier League. You guys have a good one. <laughs>